Hi there, Randy Green here and welcome to another Convergence of Timelines update. It has been a bit of a rocky period after that statement came out and we also had some trials that I, for the sake of letting the process run uh, undisturbedly, have chosen to set as a prime year in December. Then you will know what took place and those of you who are in affiliation and energetic and genetic uh, aligned with these changes, you will know the implications of this. For the rest of us uh, that are living our everyday lives in this weird time that we are in, you're not going to hear me say exciting times because I could have chosen a thousand other ways to live my life, but this is how it is and this is those of us who are part of these waves of awakening and waves of being conditioned and prepared for the futures to come. We are just doing our everyday life through the best of our abilities and struggling with the different challenges that that is part of the awakening process. So the update, because this is not the personal level, I'm going to put that somewhere else uh, in a different form when the time is right. But here it is a little bit Do I want to talk a little bit about hotspots and give some explanations to some of the events that have taken place and especially when we talk about hotspots. Because there are many different approaches to this. There are the inside the enclosure politics and polit polit politician and political, sorry about that, approach to the, uh, the issues at hand. There is uh, the the pol sorry, it's it's very difficult. The governance of our reality, I just have to shift into another word. The governance of our reality, whether it will be from an angle of defense or it will be from an angle of economics. And as I told my class yesterday, we are now, due to the influx of energies that are coming from the Andromedan system, that will strongly infuse those of us who are in the mix of these infusions to choose our language since we, those of us who are multidimensionals, have a deep understanding of the impact of our thoughts, of our emotions, and the type of vibration that we radiate and are pumping into our influential sphere due to how we administer our energy systems. And with that comes speech. And speech is a very powerful tool and words connect to thought forms and thought forms connect to factions and different programs and as we speak certain words then we literally pull in the energies of these fourth dimensional programs and seed them into our reality. So part of the converging of timelines is the observance of who is now playing the tunes, who was playing the violin to make sure that certain groups within humanity are taking the bait as in sound waves that comes from these different programs affecting people's neural network and that creates certain thought forms that affects the emotional field and then goes into the biofield from where it will manifest and take action, either as distortion and difficulties in the human level on the molecular level, or as part of what we could say physical reaction that leads to certain things that are being played out inside a reality. And that will affect governance as well as any forms of financial situation that is tied into some of these decision makings. 
Now, there's also the plus side of it. It can go both ways. As we know, it depends on the human that receives these energies. So we both have the extra amplification from the converging of timelines because it's like the timelines themselves are vibrating up to braid and align with what is theirs too. It's like you have a split hair. Uh, that's uh, at the end of the hair is completely split in all sorts of little uh, 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 what you, uh, kinds of, of branches that we see it in a pine tree, right? So it's, it's split in a thousand different sub timelines that are of no use anymore. And the convergence literally takes all of these, it cuts off all the split hairs. All of the, the bad branches are being cut off. And as they are cut off, then if there are any, what we call remaining viability rate, that is functional holographic energetic units with some sort of consciousness potentials imbued into them as part of these timelines, whatever that is, whether it's cube technology or it is an actual life form or whatever it is, they will be pushed in and merged with the main timelines that were part of the original holographic energetic network. And everything that was created later on would either disperse or be forced to elevate or be forced to leave our reality field. So that's what's happening. And you can figure that one out that when certain groups that have been accustomed to be here, they get eager to either get out through their own gate systems or get eager to find other ways to leave the premises so that they won't be forced to join a timeline where they don't want to be either due to the fact that they have no timeline. And that's what's part of some of the hotspot that's going on on our planet right now, especially, um, of course, I live in Europe, so I'm focusing on the old continent, the old world, uh, as those of you who are in America and Australia, you're part of the new worlds, so to speak. If we talk historically speaking, you are immigrants, you transferred from the original continent and went to new places uh, due to different circumstances. That gives other issues for those of you who are in these uh, new uh, types of wells that you have created as colonizers. And that will at some point also be an issue for those of you who are descendants of the lineages that chose to go to either America, Australia, and uh, colonized uh, the land of the plenty in ways that were unconducive for the original on existing races there. And I'm again, deliberately choosing my words to be vague because those of us who just have a little bit of common sense, we know what is what that meant and that that is in all ways and forms completely unacceptable. So there's a collective karma that at some point needs to be looked at also as individuals. Similarly, as when we clear our emotional field, we are dealing with our ancestral lineage and our ancestral karma. So that both goes within uh, the enclosure, but also, of course, beyond. So that's part of the uh, activation and cleanup of the 2-8 pillar that will, where these things will come in play. Since everybody knows that now we are heading the molecular level with the activation and cleanup, the 2-8 pillar, everybody's preparing for that. We could say the last nine years since 2017, it was about the reality field and the jurisdictional rights and prerogatives of activation and potential futures inside this reality. And all of that is more or less coming to a head and will do next year. As Noah predicted, the solar cycle 25 will reach its peak next year, which is of course of significance for those of us who understand what these 
uh, subtle information or predictions or what they're seeing as kind of movements and observe and perhaps they don't know what's going on perhaps they do know what's going on perhaps they know it on some level perhaps they know absolutely nothing but are being uh, pushed to see this or the instruments are being pointed in that direction however it is it doesn't matter the matter of the fact is as <clears throat> i talked about a little bit in some of my material on the changes in the sun that this solar cycle will reach its peak and then if everything goes as predicted well then it will continue to rise and then science will begin to understand oops i think we are in a little bit of a different type of situation similarly as they have been with the weather patterns that until just a couple of years ago they just said oh it's just within the prognosis or this is just a hundred year event and suddenly oops we're having too many hundred years events too so something must be off what's off and then they begin to look and then new science can take place because they are no longer running on the fumes of their paradigms and how things used to be but actually begin to look at reality as it has changed and are transformed and what is coming in to be and with that new science can finally begin to grow because that will mean that all of their Einsteinian sciences must come up to a reinterpretation and with that understanding that time and space have definitely changed its properties it is exponentially growing and it's not falling into some kind of previous ideas of a collapse or previous ideas of this whole that's like a curve and it will rise and it will fall and all of these kind of typical mathematical theoretical mathematical cosmology predictions that fits the mathematical models nicely but when it comes to the anomalies and when it comes to the par parameters and the uh, the different kind of numbers that they put into it. I'm not talking the perimeter, but the parameters, the numbers they put into the equations and how they have engineered the equations. Then it's just kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where they create a, a kind of a, 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 an algorithm, put in numbers and data and what have you. And then the outcome will, of course, match that algorithm that they have put into place because that's what they see. This is how, that's what we wanted to investigate. So of course, the algorithm will mirror our human ways of perceiving reality and not reality as it actually is. Mathematicians create an artificial reality by producing these different types of equations and algorithms from where different information and data can be uh, processed typical via different forms of computers. So in that way, we can say, well, that's not really science, is it? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's some of the things that will these we need to break these uh, predictive tools that are based upon mathematical principles that fits nicely in a, what we could call a little bit of a status quo environment where things are, are mostly measured within what are called perfect states. But reality is not perfect. It's messy. There's a lot of entropy and there's a lot of chaos that is rarely taking into, yes, we have chaos theory and these kind of things, but it's also mathematics as in how does different chaos patterns operate and how do they differ from others chaos patterns and then make correlations between that and come out with some kind of number sequence that will then predict the next one not taking in the effects of synergy, not taking in the effects of quantum leaps and onward and so forth, and how systems feedback loop and amplify each other, and especially not the fourth dimension. That is often uh, referred to as either the speed of light or a typical constant in time is not uh, reversible. It cannot go back in time. But the matter of the fact is that when we go into the original fourth dimension, that is technically time. So the fourth dimension is time, 
But the original one is not time as we know of it, because that's a human construction. And yes, it does fit the orbits of the planet around the sun and these kind of things. But that's again measurement within a status quo system where things are in certain orbits and certain cycles that are determined by different types of indicators and markers that are in alignment with the different types of species and groups that lives and exist within that reality field. As the sun will change its configuration and humans will too, well, that will tamper with these configurations and by that the speed of light will become flexible. The orbits around the, the sun will also change in dynamics and time will speed up as we have seen. The magnetic field will begin to vibrate in a different way, create different types of spectral uh, outbursts as the different chemicals in our ionosphere are burned off and new ones will arise due to the molecular and chemical changes of the influx of the different configuration from the sun as well as from the planetary core. Now let us go back to the hotspots. The hotspots are um, what we could say people in the older material in the 80s and the 90s. We had all of these ideas of ley lines and the ones that investigated at the time, very good job by the way, but they investigated from the angle of myths and ideas of old human civilizations and different types of cultures that were centered around, we could call it temple cultures. And there are definitely two to that, but the, the hotspots uh, at these, the nodal points or the ley lines and the different places where the ley lines had this kind of convergence and met up and created a hub were typically interpreted as an old sacred spot for some of the original civilizations that used to be there. And there is some truth to this. If we go back some 20,000 years ago, the fourth dimension was still present inside our reality field. We kind of lost that some uh, 12,000 years ago in one of the last wars that were going on in our system. And the colonizing species under the D10 collective then decided that the fourth dimension, so that was an access into their scheme, that uh, that was being to close off, including all the gates that led to the fourth dimension. And where that humanity became the current form of humanity as we have now with little to no access into the original fourth dimension. And those who did have the ability to go there, they would typically be deterred and led into what we call artificial fourth dimensions, where different programs were engineered to set up what we now call spirituality and religion, where the original extraterrestrial races, is here particularly the colonizing races that came 15,000 years ago, were to be seen as as gods or uh, some kind of uh, creator species that were there to take care and take hand of humanity. Of course not. So with these, what are these hops then? Well, they are, there are some of these pieces, some of the colonizing species that came in 15,000 years ago, they came in in crafts, fourth dimensional crafts, which they landed on our planet, which at the time was not a planet as we know of it. It had a different type of configuration. Yes, it had a curvature due to what we call quote unquote gravity. These are the magnetic poles that goes with the magnetic field with science. Some scientists are already pondering upon that, others will discover it later on, because there is no such thing as gravity, unless we of course talk about the different types of waves that are interdimensional and are part of the holographic energetic network that creates what we can say 
configurations and accretion of different types of energy units within a specific pattern that is created and engineered by the ones that live there. And by that way, create what we could call a massive hub spot that has different types of movements energetically that are in alignment with radi radiation and oscillation principles that gives what we call a reality field that due to the timeline event could, if need be, as it goes into its outer domain feature and its, what we could say, last stages of entropy before it crystallizes and turns into dust, becomes a planet, which we have seen many other places. But that's the end stage of a reality field. That is literally when the fourth dimension is no longer present. So as the fourth dimension comes back in, well, then that these features will change. And we could say instead of being uh, in a kind of a spherical, uh, crystalline type of structure, then it, it will still appear spherical in different ways. But the, the sphere, as we are seeing it, for instance, when we're talking about the way that mathematical cosmology look at black holes, if they look at black holes from a three-dimensional, from a two-dimensional perspective, it looks like a disk or a, a, a a, a gate like a, a round disc that you can walk through but if you look at it three dimension it actually becomes an orb and if you look at it in fourth dimension which they rarely deal with well then it no longer has locality it becomes non-local and by that a gate is no longer local as something you walk through then a gate is something that is depending on the time and space and the type of consciousness or energy that is in contact with that type of gate and that's fourth dimensional gates they're non-local they are transferable. They are depending on genetic and energetic affinity with the ones that are operating them or walking through them. And sometimes these gates to ensure that they stay where they would like this quote unquote star gate to be a holographic energetic entry and entry and access point uh, from another reality or parallel reality field, then you can place a craft there. And some of the colonizers that did that, they placed these different fourth dimensional crafts on different places on our planet where there was an optimal entry point for these fourth dimensional gates. And the craft was there as a rod. It ensured that the configuration of the gate will remain there because the craft was there. And we're here talking about pretty large crafts, which then over time and due to the processes of our reality field and the crystallization and the solidification, then became different types of heavy elements that later humans dig out as either gold or platinum or any of these precious metals that are also very conducive in computers and other types of electronics. Go figure, they are original crafts that are aligned with holographic energetic principles. They have a high degree of code systems in them and they are targeted for what we could call different types of kinetic processes that will lead to some kind of process that will change something in some way or some form, which is the original properties of holographic energetic units. So the hotspots that we have, especially you know, when we're talking about the older areas that are connected to the fourth cycle reseeding programs, which were the target of the different colonizing races when they came in, they were not interested in Northern Hemisphere. They preferred the Southern Hemisphere. And because of Antarctica that has the remains of the original Lemurian grid, 
we have what's left in uh, what's now Amer sort of Africa, but we also have South America. <clears throat> These two were connected together, and that's what's left of Atlantis. So, so, and we're here talking colonies. We're not talking all of these beautiful romanticized ideas of Lemuria and Hyperborea and Atlantis that came with the different esoteric groups in the 18th and the 19th hundred and the 2000s. We're not talking about that at all. These are romanticized, artificially produced programs, again, to, to literally lead people into rabbit holes and different types of programs where portions of the truth were would be revealed so it resonated energetically and affected people emotionally, but had very little to do with what actually took place. And that's some of the later investigations that will come as part of the full disclosure. Okay, so we're here having, they placed these crafts, they became hops, and they ensured that there was a stargate. And that's when we talk about the hotspots that are part of the Southern Hemisphere and what's going on in all of that uh, right now. And I'm not mentioning uh, names or give any indicators of where it is. Either you read the news or you don't, either you know this or you don't. But this was part of a very uh, old craft that belong to some of the Baal races when they came in, and that's the one that's in the mix right now. That has also opened up another old gate into the, some of the older wars that took place when that craft landed, because you see, once these crafts begin to ignite due to the merging of timelines, then the timelines they are connected to and the hubs they are administering, the gates they are in front of or are being the rod of, will also activate. And that will lead in a little bit of what we could say, and I'm here under really under line, what do you call it, saying it lesser than it is, because we had a huge influx of <clears throat> some of the things that came from the 2-8 pillar. And that's also some of the things that are in the huge discussion in the councils, because we are now beginning to remove, or they are, beginning to remove all of the things that are holding up the environment and the timelines and the gate systems and the old types of genetic uh, signatures as well as the different molecular states and all the coding and the ancestral karma and what have you that are all tied into the 2-8 pillar. I talk about this in the transition sciences, what the pillars mean as well as in the template science course material. You will there understand what the different pillars mean for us energetically and consciously and how that affects our energy system and our own personal activation and cleanup process. So we could do the transition and get out of the effects of the timeline event. So when we talk about these things that are happening now, well, then the council are into the best of their abilities. And I can say that now with some of the infusions from the Andromedan system, the Andromedan galaxy is a sister galaxy to our galaxy and they are connected. They work in tandem. So if our galaxy are pushed into the abyss, which is the previous universal, 10 universal cycles, which many of these groups that are part of the, what we could call, um, dysfunctional genetic structures that came into this universe, these universal cycles, I both talk about that in the Revisiting the Souls of Humanity book, where I talk about that as well as in the origin of the timeline event, which is the course material or the background of the timeline event, which is the background material for the convergence of timelines. That's a course you can invest in if you prefer to do so. So point being, we are having these different, we are having the effects of the timeline event, which are kind of almost, it is technically done, but it has been artificially been upheld by different groups that have deliberately dumped uh, what we could call 
unwarranted soul material, let's just call it that. We call holographic energetic architecture consciousness units and different forms of configurations that could be put into a holographic energy system, which we interpret as a soul. So they have dumped these kind of holographic energetic architectures uh, into our reality field, either by literally dumping a craft full of these bodies inside of it, organic vessels, then that would, due to the entropy and crystallization of solidification processes on our planet, would then crystallize and then become organic matter and then disperse and then be the what called absorbed into the soil and become part of our planet in that may as the microbial level, which will then begin to grow up in all sorts of little critters and what have you and bugs and, and then do the chain of different types of life forms be eaten by a bird and then the bird would be eaten by a human and then become part of a human and then you, via that in ingestion of that type of molecular matter then the gene code of that original species that then quote-unquote sacrificed themselves in the craft they would then become part of a human and from that then the human body due to its holographic energetic architecture and the regenesis programs would then be able to produce that type of genetic signature which would then allow these groups to come in in the fourth dimension and become part of this reality field. And then they would use some of these bugs and critters to be their nodal points, but the operation vessel was the human where the gene code was now inserted due to what the human had been eating. These were also part of some of the old temple cultures and their practices where we know from uh, the ancient history that some of these uh, temple cultures, they did what was necessary in the temple. So they spilled a specific type of organic matter that would then spill the, into the ground and then that would create a seeding and then they would offer what they had been doing, what they, I'm deliberately not mentioning a specific word here. So that would, that would then later on be, be dealt out to different groups and so sold on the markets and that would be how people would participate in the, what was going on in the temple because it was only the priesthood that did the secret stuff but the remains of what they were doing in there would then be sold off as uh, food later on on the markets and then people would have huge feasts uh, and there they would then celebrate participating in the temple rituals and the temple cult by feasting and having this uh, huge meal where they would all join together and worship the different deities via the intake of alcohol and eating of meat and different forms of uh, festivities as we also know it from carnival and 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 gatherings and parties and, and what have you that are uh, what we call a replication of this, including when we talk about some of these big um, uh, what we call castles meet up with the nobilities and what have you, all of that. It, we're just saying, oh, it's just a huge party. Yeah, it's a little bit more going on there. But I'll just leave it at that because this is, has been su such a huge part of our human culture that many people doesn't even think that what they see as a little happy celebration of something and where they meet up with people participating in some kind of completely standard-based program ritual technically goes back to temple culture and some of the original purposes of these meetups and festivities, drinking alcohol and eating meat and what that technically does when a group meet up and do things together to celebrate within a specific type of ritualistic setting. 
Okay, so we, that's one angle of it. The other angle of it is that the temples themselves typically were built upon some of these ancient crafts. And as I said, this type of different forms of molecular matter that would then spill to the ground would then also, uh, due to the laws of energetic and genetic affinity, create what we could call a code figuration in the craft that would then process it. And then that would create that code figuration that would allow for that network that that craft were linked up to at feeding the different species that will then try to take on organic matter inside our reality and produce uh, operating vessels, which are the foundation of many of the hybrid projects. So if we take out the crafts, well, then we take out the foundation for these different networks that are fueling the unwarranted species that are here from parallel systems that do not belong here, that are not part of our system to begin with, and are not part of our civilization in any ways or forms in any times of human history particularly some of the groups that came in in the 1950s. And when they came in, they were able to travel back in time because if you exist in the fourth dimension and the enclosure is enclosed in time, that is a linear time, well, then it's easy for them to just step out of our enclosure, go into the fourth dimension. You could call it hyperspace if you like, but it's technically the fourth dimension. And then they could just go to another access point and then make entry there, which for us will be in the history and past of our civilization. But for them, it would just be another entry point, which is the normal way you can go in and out of reality field. So time doesn't exist. It's an illusion completely engineered for the purpose of slow down our progression rate and slow down our molecular state and remove us from the properties of the fourth dimension. So the hotspots that are happening now are both this kind of due to the conversion of timelines. It, they have always been there. Prior, it was to fuel the gene code sequences so these groups could remain here. And whenever some of these groups that came from systems that were affected by the timeline event and still needed the configuration of the timeline event and the dark light coding, well, then you can figure out what kind of hotspot they would create because then that would create what we could call configurations of despair and fear and all these kind of things that they then can create a gene code from which allow them to be in inside our reality. It's not just about harvesting for it because they have an addiction. It has an actual scientific purpose of allowing them to remain here. So this is some of the things that those of us who are now uh, pushing for the support of the positive timeline, that we learn to administer our emotional field, mental field, and biofield to such a degree that we understand that all of our actions and all our thoughts and all of what we embark on are part of an amplification of certain types of holographic code sequences that will allow features on timelines to either come into manifestation or not. What I'm here saying is that what we do as humans, we can become seeders of the futures that we want as a collective, or we can become the co-creators of the timelines of the different groups that no longer belong here. And that is the challenge for most of us that are going into the next nine years to learn as multidimensional that are having access to the fourth dimension and other levels of reality that we are now co-creating what we need to co-create inside this reality, but we can also be used as co-creators for the other groups that tricks us to participate in their re-engineering and their reconfiguration so that they can become part of this reality field. And then you will say, what, why do I know what is right and wrong and who is and who isn't and all of these kind of things? And that's part of the learning process. And that's where we could say that, that 
due to the the lack of disclosure and lack of understanding, which happened 15,000 years ago when that was taken from us by the colonizing races and the different groups that have supported that due to their power needs and greed and what have you. Well, then the joint population have been deprived of its understanding of how powerful we are as individuals. And this is not about saying, oh, I'm so powerful, I can change the world. No, and actually in, a, in a, a detrimental, negative understanding how powerful we are in a negative way. The way we have been re-engineered, the way we feel and think and all the things that comes from us are founded on a regressed type of coding that leads to collapse of reality fields. And unless we learn to reconfigure ourselves to be self-healing and, and supporting and self-adjusting and responsible for our energy system and clear out the distortion, then our, in, our entire body and everything that we are are engineered to go into entropy and crystallization. So you can thereby see that the way we are as we are right now, we are rigidly keeping up this reality field as it is by us not changing our ways, by us not understanding the implications of our everyday choices, the implications of the way we feel and the implications of how we think. We are upholding this reality as it is. We are the ones that are impacting the collective. And I hear many people that are saying that are, oh, you're the co-creator. They always see it as, oh, they are, then I want this and that. And they're using crystals to get more power or crystals to get more money or using different forms of tarot cards to get more. Oh, how can I administer this day and get that outcome? How can I get that boyfriend or girlfriend? How can I get all these personal needs as in a genie in a box using the spiritual powers and the powers of the universe to give some kind of abundance that will make your physical life easier, that will give you more power, more wealth, or what have you. That's completely misuse of the universal energies. They are to be circulated through our energy system as we are fueling our reality field and reality field is fueling us as progressing high advanced civilizations that work for the highest good of the many and not our own personal needs because abundance is not about wealth as we understand in terms of money that's a nice thing because the world has been engineered that way but that's not the original ways that's part of the truman show to create artificial needs and what have you and I'm not going into this whole discussion about how we are getting out of that because that will not, all of these systems of governance and, and we have right now will not uh, cease to be until the whole scientific community has understood that the world is not what they think they are. And once they begin to come out with the new sciences, then that will have a ripple effect into some of the other systems of thoughts that typically are based upon what we call financial systems, monetary systems, and all of these different types of paradigms that are uphold and upheld inside our society right now due to the different ways that humans operate. So it's not just about having this kind of, let's just collapse this, that, whatever, then things are working. This is a huge transformational process for humans on a large scale, on every single level of our being, emotionally, mentally, scientifically, educationally, uh, societally, whatever you're coming up with, whatever level, it's a huge process where a lot of different transformational uh, processes must begin that begins with a completely different perception of reality, including of what we are, including of our affectability on the environment at large by just who we are.
by who we are every day. And that's part of some of the things that those of us who are being infused with the energies of the Andromeda system, that is the learning process. So what are the Andromedans doing for us? They are infusing and removing some of the obstacles. Let us put it this way. They are taking, if you have, as I said to my class yesterday, if you have, if you have a very dysfunctional family and you have a kid there, then the, the challenge is, is that kid, would it be better for the kid to remove the kid and put it into another environment, a foster family that is a loving, caring family and not just some kind of random whatever, but one that really matches the kid and then would be able to unfold all the potentials of the kid in a better way because we know it's both uh, nature and nurture when we talk about genetic inheritance and how the different gene codes unfold. So if we remove the child from the hostile environment with parents that are dysfunctional and some kind of have addiction and are completely service to self and not really care about the kid, we we'll just leave the kid to flow on its own uh, in different and whatever that would happen um, and not really being the mentors and the supporters that they were supposed to be for that little human that were to grow up and learn how to administer him or herself in this society. So with that, you say dysfunctional parents of no use whatsoever. So the question is, as a council asks, what's the best way to assist humanity? And that is to create the environment around us that allows us to rediscover our own holographic energetic consciousness potentials by energetically administering what we could say infusions into the original fourth dimension so that those of us who have ties to it can begin to clear out and see that reality as it truly is and with that begin to make decisions inside the enclosure of what we want to do with this type of reality that we are now co-creating. Because the councils can't come in and crafts and change anything because they they don't have that configuration that our reality is part of. That was something that was completely re-engineered and it's unheard of any place else and was re-engineered that way so that the different groups that were here, they would have this project for themselves, science labs and regenesis programs and what have you, completely under their control because they created a, a zone around it that was unimpenetrable for the other groups creating it in a different type of energetic environment that had no energetic and genetic affinity with the rest of the original worlds and the true worlds out there. Hence, removal of the fourth dimension and creating an artificial one around us that had actually its access point in Mars. So that's that's the large gate system into the artificial fourth that is on Mars and that's why some of the projects have been going on there from some of the groups in the secret societies and what have you. Okay, so point being, at the end of the day, nobody's coming to save us, but there is this possibility of, yes, we can change the environment around you because that's due to the genetic and genetic laws and how the original reality field constructions work. You can fuse them with different types of holographic and genetic units or viability rates, which then amplify certain code sequences, certain radiation and oscillation principles inside the reality field that will then create certain nodal points that will then begin to create an influx of a specific type of code and energy into the reality field network itself. Self, which would then amplify and support the reality network configuration. But it's the life forms that are part of that, that seeds it in, that chooses if that comes to existence or not. If they ignore these amplifications and influx of different types of code sequences and nobody embarks on them and take them on, well, then these code sequences will, due to the laws of the outer domain, will then go into crystallization, evaporate and cease to exist. So it's all up to us. And then we also remember the 
oppositions are doing this. The three timelines on the D8 and D10 and D11 collectives. Some of them are leaving, but they are leaving behind what we call the lesser clever species. And they are very territorial, so they will do whatever they can to get what they can left that's be left after their timelines before these timelines are due to the laws of timelines, as in if there is a momentum, if the viability rate is high enough, then these timelines are in existence. If the viability rate becomes too low and there's no life form to support it and embark on it and embed it and exemplify it, then these timelines will cease to exist and go into evaporation because it's in the outer domain. So now you begin to understand why all of them are so eager to trigger us to become part of their timelines, whatever the sales pitch is, whatever they are giving out there as good offers. And if it's too good to be true, trust me, it is good too good to be true because nothing can be given if you're not working with it, if you're not exemplifying it, if you're not transforming your holographic energetic architecture with it, if you don't understand the code sequences of what's been given to you, if you don't know how to amplify it into a vibrational uh, resonance field that will allow you to come in harmony and resonant with the original holographic energetic network, well, then it's not for you to be, then it will fizzle out. Nothing will stay there unless you actively take it into use and actively consciously know what to do with it. And that goes for both sides. So that's why we are having groups inside this reality that are fueling the negative agenda by their actions and what they are doing or what they are participating in, whether they know it or not. And then the other side are trying to work for the positive timeline. And are these the good guys? No, not necessarily, because we're just in the beginning of let's produce it so it's there as an alternative. And then we'll have all of the other learning processes of the correct use of power and correct use of energy and all the things that we have forgotten. Nobody's perfect in this. And there are no perfect solutions, but there are choices and co-creation. And that's part of the fourth dimension that we are to learn. And those of us who are part of these um, programs that are now running to support the fourth, the positive fourth dimension of the original holographic energetic network of our outer domain and our reality field. We know exactly what to do and how to do. We don't need teachers. We don't need anyone to tell us. We are doing all of these processes already by being the seeders of this. But at the same time, also knowing, yeah, is this triggery? And we'll, we know that because we have already gone through a very, very long training where most of us, including myself, have been trained in this is good and this is bad. So there's no doubt. We know exactly what we're dealing with when it comes our way. And these will be the first wave that will seed in the original fourth dimension because we know the difference. Anybody who doesn't know what they're doing, they're not part of this. So with that understanding also, this is not what I'm giving you this news. It's not for you that is in, oh, I just want to do good. And then you go out and you open up and a portal or whatever. Please don't, unless you know what you're doing, please don't be reckless because this is, this is not for children. This is not as in kind of, oh yeah, you go out and do whatever. This, this is not for the joint group of humanity. This is science. This is reality science. And if you're not schooled in reality science, you don't know what to do, please don't. It's like you get a, a chemical lab and you're just experimenting and the chances of exploding the entire thing and burn down the house is pretty big. So this is also why some of the information can be given now and some of the information will be held back until humanity at a large 
on a collective level are able to create groups that can work together as teams and begin to create these highly scientific, high-order science labs that will then uh, allow for what we call a complete reconstruction of our reality field. But that's, uh, we are talking the probably the two or three generations into the future, and that's not us. But what we can do is the learning process of administering our energy field, administering our energy system, and learning to work with it in the fourth dimension so that our responsibility is our own energy system, not other people, not reality, our own energy system. And that's the first most important thing that are being uh, that I can give you now as part of the update is that you need to learn to administer, clear out and work correctly with your higher order architecture that links into the fourth dimension. You need to learn what is the actual real fourth dimension and what is the artificial fourth dimension created by the colonizing races. You need to learn to discern what timeline you should amplify as part of your own holographic energetic network that is part of your holographic energetic architecture that is linked to your chiasm or your heart field because the heart field is the one that creates the ripple effect into the timelines that amplifies and vibrates up the holographic units that you then will begin to to pull in via the configuration of your heart field and then you will begin to create code sequences in your radiation field and will become part of your influential sphere. You will become a mini universe in the large universe. That is what you are to take responsibility of and for. So that's the first step of the journey. You, you yourself and how you administer your fields and everything you are, your everyday life, your thoughts, your emotions, your physical vessel, that's what you need to take control of first. And then once you've done that, then you can go out and figure out what will you then do? Because then you know what is the right move and what is not the right move. You will know what to do and what not to do. You will have learned the discernment of what are the effects of when I do this, think this, feel this, respond this way, work with this in energy work, work with this in contemplation, work with this in meditation. What are the implications of this? What timelines did it lead to? What kind of things did it stir up? What came into my field that I then had to clear out and deal with? What was the configuration of what came into my field? What was the code sequences of what came into my field? How did I operate with these code sequences? How did they affect my energy system, these code sequences? Could I dis dissolve these code sequences? Could I repair them? Could I fill in the blanks? There are in these dysfunctional code systems and onward and so forth. Which layer of I am my energy system did they connect to? How did it operate in my energy system? How did that amplify the different visual content I got from the timeline I was connected to? How do I operate with this kind of information in my neural network? What does it do to my neural network? How do I use that to create a synergistic leap inside my neural network and create more structural layers in my brain and onward and so forth? And I talked about some of these structural layers in the transition sciences. So this is, this is not for whoever just wants to do good. It's not about doing good. It's about the sciences of how to operate as an advanced civilization within a holographic energetic fourth dimensional reality where there's instant karma, where things are cause and effect right away, where everything we are affect the reality field around us and where we co-create by our its very being, not by our wishes and desires and intent, but by who we are. 
and our clearing work and energy work and everything that we come across, we constantly and repeatedly do the exercises again and again and again and again until it has become a configuration of holographic energetic architecture so that whatever comes our way, it will naturally and completely without our active focus on it, will recalibrate and transform it into that code configuration, code configuration we have trained over and over and over and over again. That's why some of us have been part of these programs where we had the same situation again and again and again and again in different versions. And some of it has been part of the harvesting. But the harvesting and simulation programs have also could also and have I have used them as a training program as well as okay this has been done to me again and again and again and since I'm still part of it what am I missing what am I not observant of what is it that they have that allows them to constantly pull in and recreate a holographic energetic architecture that then put into replicates what is that about how do I deal with that and on and so forth and no it's not fun and it's not making me happy and it's not making my life easier and it's not reward. There are no rewards. This is not leading to a position where I'll become some kind of angelic beings and I can float out of here. This is hard work. This is real reality work. It's nothing to do with any types of spirituality we know of. This is the true mastery of energy and consciousness that creates realities that are based upon higher order sciences that goes with advanced civilizations. This is just a different way of living. It will not take us away from here, but if we're working well, we will at least get back onto the original, what we would call less progressive reality dynamics as they were re-engineered. And then from there, we'll make the jump, which is later on into the future, where we will reconnect to the original holographic and progressive universal structures that are with what we actually call the benevolence. But that will not be until 2135 or something like that, all depending on how we are administering this process. And if we're looking at it from that angle, well, then it is interesting times we're in. If you're saying that that hardship and challenges that go way beyond everything that we are is interesting, well, then please, please be my guest to use that. But as in interesting is in someone will swoop in and help us and, and do all the work for us? Absolutely not. Nobody's doing this for us. We have to do it ourselves because we can't be let loose into the original fourth dimensions if we don't know how to operate in them. So we have to train that first. Otherwise, we'll just be like elephants in a china shop. And we will not be invited to the party, let me put it this way. If we don't know how to be amongst these original uh, groups of uh, what we call otherworldly species that are part of the original fourth dimensional dy dynamics, we will not be invited to their reality fields. That's for sure, because we will be like uh, some kind of nuclear waste that will be dumped there. So of course we won't we won't be there. We will be detrimental to everything that they are because we won't know how to navigate. So that's part of the processes that we are engaging on as we approach the the positive fourth dimensional timeline where we learn what it means to be fourth dimensional again. So that's the learning process that's part for us as the converging of timelines to really put into effect all the things that we so far have just trained, whether it was in simulation or different programs, whether they're from one or the other side or part of whatever project, whatever we have been part of, all of this has been done in the fourth dimension, whether it's from one or the other side of the groups. Well, it can still be turned into a learning process after, of course, we have healed the trauma and the wounds and all of the subconscious 
negative energies and code systems that are unfortunately also part of our energy system. And that's also something that we need to learn to clear out. So there's a lot of code configuration that those of us who are getting ready for the positive fourth dimensional timeline, we have to learn even before we can embark on it. Because if we just come there as we are now, we will completely collapse it and destroy it. So there are things that we need to learn first, and that's part of the next nine years. So with that little update, thank you for listening in and until next time, take care.